Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jenny, with my co-host, Anna. And today we are talking about one of the unsung heroes in the canning world, one of the fruits that I think has just suffered from a lack of good marketing because it's so awesome. And we wanted to devote a whole episode to the wonderful, the beautiful, the versatile, the apricot. The apricot is one of Anna's favorite fruits. It's one of mine also. I love an apricot jam with brown sugar. So good. But Anna's going to share all things apricot with us today. And I'll I'll add a, a little bit too. But Anna, what do you love about the beautiful apricots? Well, first and foremost, when we bought our very first house here in Ogden 14 years ago, there was this gorgeous apricot tree in the front yard. And we purchased the house right as as all these apricots were coming into season. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the house of my dreams <laughs> with Perfect. this apricot tree. So when we moved in, I I made apricot everything. It was like a Forrest Gump situation. I was making apricot jam and apricot juice and apricot fruit leather. I mean, I was doing everything with apricots that I could because the tree is so prolific. There's so much fruit. So you just have to get creative and figure out what to do with it because I hate to see fruit waste and apricot, usually old apricot trees produce tons and tons. You can get some newer, I believe, semi-dwarf uh, varieties of apricot trees that are grafted, like you said earlier, on plum root stock. Um, but a lot in my town anyway, there's just a lot of old apricot trees that are 40, 50 years old, and they just crank out apricots. That is incredible. So if you're wondering why you would want a dwarf fruit tree, it's for the ease of picking, right? It would be easier to get all the fruit on the tree than if they're super, super tall. Is that right, Anna? Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of people get overwhelmed with that much fruit. Totally. I mean, it's it can be very overwhelming if you're not into food preserving mm-hmm. and you've got, you know, 5,000 apricots that are dropping uh, on your lawn and then it attracts bees and, and wasps. They love that sugar sweet nectar as they start to break down. So I think you know, dwarf varieties can be nice if you get overwhelmed with that much fruit of a regular variety. Totally. So one thing I know we wanted to mention about apricots is they don't have a ton of natural pectin. We have a whole episode all about pectin. If you want to learn more about pectin or dive deep into pectin, but pectin is present naturally in fruits 
and in vegetables and it gives it its stiffness. So when you're spreading jam and you want it to be kind of thick and kind of spreadable and not like running off uh, the sides of your bagels, that's pectin, either naturally occurring or added in uh, during the cooking process. And apricots are fairly low in pectin. Is that right, Anna? Yeah. So when I'm picking, I sometimes will, you know, grab some that aren't perfectly ripe right then because those will have a lot of like natural pectin present. The soft ones that taste really good and and are pretty soft in your hands, those will be great for flavors. So then I also pick those kind of harder apricots to throw in my jam as well. So that, because I don't, generally use a commercial pectin. I just, I just don't anymore. I don't know. I'm weird, but I just, I just think it's too finicky sometimes. So, so I do a lot of cooked jams and I, and I grab the uh, not as ripe apricots to thicken up my jam as well. So that isn't weird at all. So I'm going to ask you to elaborate a little bit on that, or we're going to explain that a little bit more clearly for our listeners. Anna says that she doesn't often at all use store-bought pectin and instead of using a box of pectin what she does is she chooses she has a couple things she's choosing a mix of fruit that are ripe and underripe and then she's also choosing potentially to add in natural and by i mean natural such a buzzword but add in citrus peels the pith citrus apple cores in a cheesecloth bag, which she's cooking, to add in that that pectin, that naturally occurring, that's the phrase I want to use, the naturally occurring pectin. Okay, go off of that, Anna. Tell us more about what you do. Yeah. And I mean, the reason that I do it is just like you said, like, I don't want the additional cost or the extra ingredients. I've talked about this before, but I, I do make gourmet jams and jellies. I have a cottage license. And for me, it's just easier to have fewer ingredients on my label. And it gives people kind of a peace of mind, like, oh, I'm not adding a bunch of stuff in that that doesn't need to be there. But it's just a personal preference. You may be brand new to jam making, and it feels a lot more comfortable to look at your pectin packet recipe and go off of that. And then you have this really gorgeous jam as well. So there's no judgment or anything on my part for people that use commercial pectins in their jam. I just personally don't. Well, I think it's very good that you say that because there is no shame in using a commercial pectin. I think it's a great way to get a great result. It is easier once you get some experience. It's just handy to not have to remember to purchase it or do I have the right kind or do I have the brand I like? Or it's just like one less thing to shop for, I think. I think it's just handy to not have to get it. Yeah. That I think is the easiest, inarguable reason to not use it. But what Anna does is she is sure, especially going back to apricots, she chooses some. What do you think the ratio is? Is like how many underripe apricots would you include in a batch for every ripe one? Oh, probably like 10 to 1. Oh, 10 ripe, one, you know, more on the firm side is about what I do. That's helpful. And I use the ball canning recipe. It's super simple. It's two quarts of apricots to one quart of sugar, and you add a little bit of lemon juice, and it turns out perfectly every time. And I just cook that until it reaches 
in my area to 10, 210 degrees Fahrenheit. Incredible. Not to be too technical, but... That's not technical. That's helpful. I feel like that is helpful information for people listening. (laughs) And now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches a variety of courses, including the super fast steam canning course at startcanning.com. Use code POD25 to get 25% off those courses today. That's code POD25 to get 25% off today. So beautiful apricots. They're a stone fruit. They're kind of like a peach, but smaller. If you're a person that's never purchased them or tried them, that's totally understandable. There's all kinds of fruit I've never tried. But apricots are kind of like a small cousin to a peach. I I don't know if they're actually cousins. I I should use that's metaphorical. But they kind of look like they could be related to peaches and they're kind of fuzzy. Do you have to peel apricots, Anna? Nope, you don't have to peel them. That's that's like why I think they're so great and maybe like the unsung hero of the fruit world is that you don't have to peel them. Peaches, you know, you get all hot and sweaty peeling these peaches and trying not to overboil them and I don't know. That like peaches are great, but they also are a pain in the butt. I don't know. <laughs> How well, do you yeah. feel about it, Jenny? <laughs> I feel like I'm just complaining. We we have to be very real here. Like p- peeling is a nuisance. And I put a ton of time into figuring out how to make tomato sauce without having to peel tomatoes because I hated it so much. It's just it's one more step. I don't want any more steps. I'm full uh-huh. of steps. I don't need any more. <laughs> and I think apricots can give you that delicious homemade jam that you want to have available without having the step of peeling that you may have with peaches. I think it's a, it's genius. So they're a stone fruit. They're a little bit smaller. So it's very similar to peaches in that way, but you don't have to peel them, which is amazing. So what do you make with apricots beside apricot jam? And if you want to just tell us about jam and what you like, what you do to church it up and make it amazing, go off on that. Sure. So it's usually in this order for me. I get really excited about apricot season. I pick like probably two bushels of apricots at a time. I work myself into a frenzy, just like making a ton of jam and making like vanilla bean jam, Mm. uh, apricot jam, where I add, you know, a teaspoon of vanilla bean paste to my apricot jam recipe that I just told you about. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I will just do plain apricot jam. Sometimes I'll do like an apricot habanero jam and it's perfect for a charcuterie board. Mm. And let's see, once I get tired of that, then I'll do some bottled apricots. And all the while that I'm doing this, I'm also sorting the apricots. I have my blender right by me and I will sort the really mushy ones into my blender And those get pureed with a little bit of lemon juice or fruit fresh. And I do fruit leather. Oh, amazing. If my apricots are really, really squishy, I make fruit leather out of it. And then once I get to the end of the season where I'm just so tired and I don't want to look at another apricot, I, I did this two years ago and I loved it. I will puree a bunch of apricots 
and with lemon juice or fruit fresh and then bottle the puree. Mm. And then during the winter, I can just open that up, use it just like I would apricots. And it is fantastic. So what do you do with the puree? Like, what do you do with that? I make jam out of it. So so I take two quarts of puree, add my sugar and make just the same jam. So I don't add any sugar when I use, when I do the puree. So it's just apricots and lemon juice to prevent that browning oxidation mm-hmm. that happens. And so it stays kind of this bright orange color. And then in the winter when I run out of jams, because I usually do a, a late summer market, maybe in September or October. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a jam sale in December. So that's about the time that I break those jars of puree out and start making jam from that. So can you give our listeners, just give it one more time, your apricot jam recipe? Do you have that handy? Yeah, yeah. And this one is in the Ball uh, Blue Book Guide to Preserving. Perfect. It's two quarts of apricot, one quart of sugar, and some lemon juice, like a squeeze of lemon juice from your bottle of lemon juice, your commercial lemon juice. And then I believe in the recipe, it also has some pectin. You can do pectin with it, but I just don't. I do it as a cooked jam. Mm-hmm. So, so the lemon juice is not, so the lemon juice is not necessarily to acidify. Right. Its purpose is to help activate what pectin is present, right? And to help achieve a nice bright flavor. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So Yes, but also, Jenny, it's for color. Oh, right, right. Because apricots have a tendency to dark brown unless they have some type of acidification added Mm -hmm. to them. Well, and that's good to know because even though brown doesn't mean it's unsafe to eat, it just means that it's not as aesthetic as the high schoolers say. It's not as aesthetic. (laughs) It's not the vibe. It's not the vibe. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of isn't. Um, To be honest, if it looks beautiful, then you're much more apt to (laughs) eat it and enjoy it or eat it with an open mind, at least. So you were going to ask me, what do I do with apricots? Is that right? Yeah. Like, do you live in an area where apricots are really prolific? Because I know not every place in the United States has a ton of apricots. So it's interesting to, to see what they have in your area of California. So my great grandmother, she was born in like, I think 1911. She, when she was a young, maybe not a young woman, but a middle-aged woman, she had a brother that lived a few hours away in a town called Klamath Falls. And she wrote to him and asked for him to send her, I don't know if they were like just tree starts or like seedlings. And he sent her the starts of the fruit trees that are still on our family cattle ranch. And I believe there's only one apricot tree left. So even that is over 100 years ago, that tree bared fruit and it finally, it got, I mean, kind of like an old human. It just got weaker and weaker and weaker. And I think it finally, finally, it doesn't produce anymore. So that said, there are apricots that grow in my area, but they're, it's nothing like in what I saw in Ogden. Like practically every street has at least one house that has apricot trees or stone fruit trees on them. And that may just be, I don't know, it's it's not quite as common as it was in your neck of the woods, but they do grow here. We have peach trees that grow. There's a few you pick peach places near me, 
within an hour north and then like 45 minutes to the east, there's you pick peach places. So again, I think apricots are just, they just suffered from some poor marketing at some point and people just stopped asking for them at the grocery store. And before we hit record, I was telling you, Anna, that when you go to the quote, good grocery store, 45 minutes from my house, the apricots you get are are very much like the grocery store tomatoes that are kind of flat and mealy, like just a kind of disappointment. And they're nothing like the apricots I remember eating as a kid. They're just, they're, they don't have that amazing flavor. So if you are eager to seek out amazing apricots, I would, I would definitely hit up a you pick or ask around for people like in a Facebook group for your local community. People have them. They grow. Those trees are hardy. And Anna, maybe this is a good segue. You can tell us about just the trees, but they're just, I think they've just suffered from like no great marketing campaign to make us know how wonderful they are. They're high in fiber. They're rich in vitamins. They're delicious. And you don't have to peel them. (laughs) Yeah. And I was, I was just thinking too, they, they honestly don't ship super well. Mm. So a lot of time they're different from other fruits in that when you pick them, it kind of stops their growing. So like some, some things will ripen on your counter, like bananas, maybe peaches, apricots, they will start to soften, but they won't really ripen much. So like you never want to pick an apricot that's like green, right? You'll, you want to pick it when it's like pretty much ripe. Otherwise the flavor just isn't as good. Um, So it may be like a shipping issue. Maybe that's a lot of the reason why. Right. But I think it also depends on what country you're in. My sister was just in an airport in Paris coming back from Italy. And she took this picture of this amazing puff pastry with like this, you know, it was like a Danish and it had like halves of apricots baked right into it. And I was like, oh my gosh, are those apricots? Like I want to make that. I think some some areas, some countries just have more of an affinity for this type of stone fruit. But right. I don't know. And if it doesn't ship well, then those those trees have to be sort of nearby. They have to be scattered throughout the area in order for that to work. But I do think for our listeners, this is a tree that's very it is worth asking around. Ask around if people have these in their tr- in their yards because they do. I think they weren't they in a, a very a standby choice for pioneers and settlers moving west. Yep. And and it's because they are so prolific. Like they're an early, early summer fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also planted, you know, obviously like plums and apples, but apricots were like one of the first fruits really that they could get besides maybe cherries, sometimes be a little bit more finicky with pests and things. Yeah, so this episode will come out mid-July 2023. And that is, like, right now, that's apricot season in lots of places. And it is one of the earliest things that a person, not the earliest, but it is certainly one of the earlier things that you can can. And it's kind of cool to start with apricots because there's, I feel like once you get into late August, there's so many things that are ready to can, it gets kind of overwhelming. But apricots are kind of like one of the only things that you could can right now, or one of the fewer things that you could can right now. Totally. Totally. It's it's kind of like the entry point into summer for me. It's how I know when summer is 
getting into full swing, like tomatoes and sweet corn will start to come on. And it's just like super nostalgic for me too. Apricots were one of the first things that I ever canned. I really cut my teeth Mm. on preserving apricots. And so it's a really, like it's a nostalgic thing for me. I totally relate. But for me, the first fruit I did that I cut my teeth on was apples. Same thing. Like just, if you have a bunch of them and you're around them and you just get this weird bug, like, I don't want to let all these go to waste. Then that's, that's what you end up canning a ton of. Anna, you had one really great tip. Can you tell us about where to plant an apricot tree and what zones do you think apricots will do well in? And side note, listeners, Anna is a master gardener as well. So take notes. (laughs) Yeah, I learned this during the fruit tree class that we had. They recommended that you plant your apricot trees on the north side of your home Mm -hmm. so that if you were getting, uh, say, like a late season frost, your apricot tree would not have bloomed by that time. Because usually it's like the south facing side of your property or your house will get the most sun. Mm -hmm. And in that north side, I don't know, they just in my area anyway, um, they recommended planting apricot trees on the north side of your home so that you would avoid that late season frost that could kill the, the blooms on your apricot trees, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And because they're an early bloomer, they are susceptible to that end of wintertime, early spring frost that might kill off the blossoms. Oh, I made a note. I wanted to ask you about vanilla bean paste. Do you love adding vanilla bean paste to your preserves? Yes. I do too. Yes. Um, I think it tastes so good to add just a little bit of that. And I bet it it's because like it's do you make it with bourbon, vanilla bean paste? Do you know what liquor they use? I don't know. I don't know. But it is very flavorful. I feel like an imitation vanilla extract, you almost don't even like almost don't even bother. I feel like it adds so little. Yeah. But a vanilla bean paste, I know it's expensive. It's an expensive ingredient. But if you can get your hands on it, uh, even a little bit adds a ton of flavor. It adds the visual interest of those little black specks. It's, I love it as a, as an add-in for fruit stuff. It's delicious. Yeah, I think so too. And it, and like you said, it's like this rich depth of flavor Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. that I think just tastes so good. Yeah. So I add it into a lot of my apricot jams just because I think it tastes so good. Uh, That's amazing. Anna, you have shared so many good tips about apricots. Is there any other tips you wanted to share about canning apricots in any of the ways that we preserve them? I just think that it's a really beautiful fruit that we should enjoy and embrace. If it grows in your area, look around and see if you can find somebody that that would let you pick their tree because most oftentimes they cannot use all of that fruit. It's just it's just not humanly possible to use all of that fruit. I think that canning apricots is a way not that you're like going around canning just to like be fancy, but everybody can get strawberry jam in the grocery store, right? So it's great if you want to can your own strawberry jam, but apricots, Mm -hmm. thats it's kind of unusual. It's an unusual fruit. It's in the same group as quince, figs kind of were out for a while. There's a lot of fruit that you can get your hands on for probably cheap that it's kind of a different thing to can. It's something you can't as easily get in the grocery store. Yeah. 
No, totally. And and this is, I think we should do another podcast episode, Jenny, about Christmas gifts. Ah. And this is one of the things that I do for Christmas gifts. I, I will make like half pint jars or pint jars of apricot jam and gift that, you know, like for Christmas gifts. And it's just a way to think about those that you love while you're making it and yeah, so it kind of takes some of the stress away in December if you're making these special homemade gifts right now. Smart, smart, smart. Okay, Anna, I think you have shared tons of very good tips about apricots, and I hope this episode inspires our listeners to try it, to seek out some apricots and, and give preserving some apricots a try. Perfect. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.